your boy quattro i'm on the mic welcome back to cafeteria talk the podcast we talk about any and everything just like the days at the table hanging with your boys your girls and all the homies like i said before it's your boy quattro what's good everybody it's your boy slick rob it's no introduction needed let's get it what's up man of course y'all can hear kevin and Noah are not with us tonight this was a little quick and dirty when we we did since me and robert happened to be together we just went ahead and got this done so you know we do miss them they'll they'll definitely be on other episodes so you won't have to miss them for long but um how you been how you been slick oh i've been good as we're recording this, even though this is dropping like the 9th of January, uh, did you have a you had a pretty good Christmas? Because today's Christmas as we're recording this. Yeah, I had a pretty good Christmas. You know, went to a friend's house, caught up with them. It was pretty dope. Ate food. Nice, nice, nice. I had a pretty good one. Um, you know, really enjoyed spending time with the family and stuff like that. Because, um, yeah, so yeah. it was really cool. But um, as we continue on, a little bit of business real quick. You can follow us on Instagram, at Cafeteria Talk Official. You can follow us on Twitter, at Cafeteria Talk. And if you haven't listened to us on Apple Podcasts, feel free to give us five-star ratings and reviews. We'd love to hear those, read those, see what you guys think about the show. Also, check us out on SoundCloud and iHeartRadio. Also, last month we... uh, started up our youtube channel we have a few videos up you can go check that out on youtube at cafeteria talk uh we would love to see y'all do that we're gonna be dropping some videos very soon um we're excited about that one uh so that is a little bit of business then Rob, what do we get into next bro what's the segment that we always do man you already know what the deal is it is the put on segment where we talk about anything that we may have watched Red, eaten, in Prodigy's case, that we think you, the people, should check out or look at or test out. You know what I'm saying? For sure, for sure. I guess uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, I recently just watched the uh, Netflix original film based on the play by August Wilson, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, starring Viola Davis and Chad Bozeman, produced by Denzel Washington. And fun fact, this was the last film of the great Chadwick Bozeman. Um, it was really good, um, great monologues. Once uh, once I found out, like I found out towards like the middle to the end of the movie that it was based on a play. And so it, I, it made a lot more sense to me. Like there was a lot of monologues and uh, there weren't a lot of set pieces. It was like three main sets like in this little building. Um, and it was really, really good. It was really um, interesting um, learning about this piece of history that I didn't know. I, I didn't even know Ma Rainey was a real person, but uh, it was really good. There was a scene in it that uh, it's been like a point of contention, especially now that Chadwick is, is, is gone, is there's a scene in it where... Uh, have you seen it? Yes, I've definitely seen yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know you've seen it, yeah. So there's that scene where uh, Chadwick is cursing God, uh, it was so hard to watch because, like, 
not only like is he dead like it's it's crazy like when my mom watched it she was like she felt like there was a realness to what he was saying because at the time of filming this movie he was sick and so she felt like oh my god like how could he like do that um do that role with that scene in there knowing what he was going through and you know it was definitely interesting you know being a christian i was like wow like i don't know if i could have done it but you know i it just was hard it was a hard thing to watch knowing that he's gone but all in all like really good movie i thought royal davis's role was in it was really good we got our boy from euphoria uh you know his name uh are you talking about the dude from euphoria yeah it's oh my god it just well it just jumped out of my head hold on i gotta give him his props I got yeah. it in my I got it in my, my rainy review. Um do 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 it was in there somewhere. Matter of fact, I'm just gonna go ahead and read you the review since I got it open. Oh you talk you're talking um, about Coleman Domingo. Coleman Domingo, yeah, yeah, Since I got the review open, I'll end, end my put on by reading y'all my review. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, directed by George C. Wolf. Writer is Ruben Santiago Hudson. The budget was $20 million to about $30 million. The cinematographer is Tobias A. Schlesier. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a doobie for a last name. All right. Um, this movie's make I said so I said this movie makes so much more sense once you find out it's based on a play by August Wilson. One word I can use to describe the visuals in this film is hot. Everybody looks hot. They look like they have walked through a mile in hell. But in all serious, but in all seriousness, with this film being based on a play, there were not many set pieces. It takes place in about three intimate locations within a recording studio. I also really like the costuming. Ma Rainey's dress. Ma Rainey's dresses were so colorful and the brothers looked sharp. This film's narrative was a tad confusing. Was the film about uh, the band Ma of uh, Viola Davis or Levy, Chadwick Boseman? With each character having such a significant role, it was hard to connect their stories into one, which could have been which could have been the point. However, some of those stories offer some amazing performance. Most notably, Chadwick Boseman, in his final role before his death, it's clear he left nothing on the table. And while this role was was his reg, wasn't his regular black icon, he was certainly turned Levy into one. Viola Davis's mom was something else. She made the viewer really question why anyone would ever even speak to her. With this film being based on the play, there were a lot of monologues. Monologues that were well-performed, pointed, and spoke to the soul of black people. It also, was intoxic- it also it was so intoxicating to learn about this part of history. Watching Boseman's final film still felt weird but cathartic in the fact that this is his final role was nothing less than superb. With the great supporting cast, including Coleman Domingo, Glenn Turman, Jeremy Stamos, Michael Potts, and Taylor Page, this film shaped up to being one amazing ride. Um, like so, like, and I think I, I ended up giving the movie an eight out of ten. Um, it did have a few few issues I had with it, but all in all, pretty good. Definitely one for the Black History Month. Definitely one uh, that you know somebody can see some nods for. My dad um, mentioned on our page that he could see uh, Chatwood getting a nod for like a, a posthumous uh, nod, or um, I think Viola could get something. She did a very good job as Ma, but you know we'll have to see how that shapes up. But that is my put on Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You can stream that on Netflix. Man, that looks good. I mean, honestly, one little piggyback off of that. Yes. I, I th- one thing I really, first of all, I didn't know it was all based off of August Wilson written um, screenplay. Mm-hmm. I love I love reading about him and listening about all his stuff. 
But I think the main thing I really enjoyed was the stuff after the movie, like just the details that went into making that movie. Because mm-hmm. based on a lot of history went into doing that, and like I'm a hist- I'm not a history geek, but I love reading history and talking about history. So the history behind all like the costumes, the actors, and all that themselves, it was fun listening to all that, and it really um, it was really dope. It was really dope to find out. But yeah, that. That's a whole other spiel. We can get into that, all that. I'm looking at pictures. Oh, my bad. I'm, I'm looking at pictures and of the of the actual Broadway play, and I want to check that out. Like, cause I they got some pretty big names in it, names that I like I could not remember. But um, if you've ever seen the show Greenleaf, uh, Pastor Greenleaf, he's uh, he plays the one that plays the cello, and then you remember in the Get Down, um, the gangster Yaya, right? When Yaya was in it, the the lady that played his mom. Yeah, she plays Ma. That mm. that shapes up like it'd be pretty good. I wonder where I could watch that play. I'm about to find out. Yeah, that's. What's but uh, your put on, my friend. My put on is um, it's not really. It's a put on, but it's not much of a put on because it hasn't dropped yet. Um, I've heard. I first heard about this movie about two years ago. Um, I was literally scrolling IMDb, looking at um. No, this was a year and a half. This was a year ago. On my block, season two had dropped, and um. And my dog Mons, well, Sierra Capri, shout out to her. Um, yes, sir. I was going through her IMDb just trying to see if she had any other work because I know she really didn't have anything outside of On My Block. And I found out she was in this movie. She's actually in this movie called American Skin. So I was like, interesting. I'm like, I need to f- watch this movie. Why have I heard that name? Oh, you'll, 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 you'll find out. So basically, I'm looking for the movie and I couldn't find it anywhere. But I'm like, bro, this movie's been seen by people. It was at a, it was at a film festival. I'm like, yeah. well, a lot of film festival movies are easy to be found. But... Apparently, they didn't want to. Re- this film was made about two and a half years ago, but they, it, had, it didn't get released really anywhere because, well, it did, but it got taken off a bunch of websites just due to, I guess, some of the backlash it was getting due to. Okay. But yeah, then I finally was, and then the trailer, like like about a month ago, the trailer for American Skin with um my guy from um, what's oh my god, what's it called? The Great Debaters. That's where I recognize him from. No, not the Great Debaters. Um, from. The Birth of a Nation, the Birth of a Nation movie. Um, the dude that played Nat Turner. Oh my God, something, something. Yeah, he finally, you know, they finally dropped the trailer for, it and they're finally releasing the movie. Now I do, I, I do think it's a little too late, but I really did want to look at this movie. That I'm finally able to put on. Yeah, I should definitely check out. It's the trailer for it. It's called American Skin. Just the trailer. The movie hasn't dropped. The movie hasn't dropped to February fifteenth, but. The trailer looks very raunchy. It's basically like about this guy who goes after to basically get justice for these cops that killed his son. And yes, of course, it's that still narrative of cops killing black people. But even though it's it happens in their life. So, yeah, but it's very interesting. It's basically like, what if we. What if it really what if what a lot of people It's basically like a tale of what a lot of white people are afraid of, like actually happen It's happening in this movie. The guy is really going after the cops that killed his son, and that's pretty interesting to see. And actually, I see Erica Capri in it, um, Monte. So it's gonna be very. That's another reason. It's gonna be very fun to watch her in another role outside of Monte from On My Block. You know, it's gonna be really for fun. sure because I think she plays a friend of the dude that got killed. So Nate Nate Parker, I think he's yes Nate of. Parker. Yeah, yeah, he did Nate. The Birth of a Nation. He's producing this film too. Yeah, and I think Spike Lee had a hand in this too. So you know. Yeah, when I was on Google, they had a picture of the the main character, uh, main the main character, uh, Nate Parker. Yeah. In it, in a picture with Spike Lee. So 
Maybe he did have a hand. I could see Spike Lee definitely having a hand in this. Yeah. Um, Rotten Tomatoes didn't 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 do didn't do it too nice, but it is an indie movie. Yeah. But then again, sometimes that doesn't matter because they get it, indie movies high rankings. But it's just something I feel like I I would like to check out. You know, yeah. since I've seen it. I really want to just definitely to see Sierra like in something else besides On My Block. For sure, for sure. But as we move on, y'all know what y'all are here for. Y'all are here for Slick Rob and Quacho's review of. Wonder Woman, 1984. Been waiting on this movie for a minute. We were supposed to get it, what, March? What was the first March, I believe, was the first release date. March. March, And then maybe... No, I think it was, like, summer. Like, June. June. Yeah, Because we were supposed to get Black Widow. uh, May and then June. Like, May and then June, we were supposed to get Wonder Woman. Yeah. And then, of course, Corona and everything got pushed back. We were able to get it. Um, not only in theaters, but on HBO Max, which is where we both watched it. And we'll yeah. talk a little bit about that uh, later in the episode. Mm. But I'm going to give you all a little bit, of, little bit of stuff about this movie real quick before we really get deep into our review. Let me go back to where I was at. Sorry about that, y'all. Give me one second. And we are here. Oh, wait. Okay. One more made for here's a synopsis for you. Diana Prince lives quietly among mortals in the vibrant, sleek 1980s, an era of excess driven by the pursuit of having it all. Through though she's become into her, though she's come into her full power, she maintains a low profile by curating ancient artifacts and only performing heroic acts incognito. But soon Diana will have to muster all of her strength, wisdom, and courage as she f- finds herself squaring, squaring off against Maxwell Lord and the Cheetah, a villainess who possesses superhuman strength and agility. Director is Patty Jenkins, same director from the first film. The writer is Patty Jenkins, Jeff Johns, and Dan Callahan. If Jeff Johns is actually a really big name in DC, Jeff Johns is kind of like your unsung behind the scenes Kevin Feige. You know, like he he's you know been behind the helm of DC since. I think after Suicide Squad, he hopped on. He mm. might have been on right after B, right after Man of Steel, but he hopped on like super early. And Jeff Johns has been like kind of like that head guy at DC for years. I mean, he's written comics. He's written sto- some of the best stories have been you know under Jeff Johns. So you know, hearing seeing that his name is on this and attached to this, you know, really does my heart good to know that somebody who knows the material and loves the material like Jeff Johns is in it. And of course, Patty Jenkins who loves, you know, DC and loves Wonder Woman um, and that whole universe, you know, that just makes the film all the better. But, Slick, man, I know you got a spiel that you got to give these people, you know, and when it comes to reviewing our movies, go ahead, get into that, my friend. Yes. Y'all here for a movie review, so let's go over how we do this stuff and how we review movies first. We always start off with visuals. When you go to a movie, you go to watch it was popping so the visuals how does the movie look does it catch the viewer's eye this encompasses the costumes light lighting and the cgi and all that next we go into the story what's it about does it tell a good well-paced story can't talk about the writing the tone and the structure of it all and then lastly implications simply what well how did you feel when you left what am i left with do you want more like, well, this is a movie, so do you yeah, want... Yeah, I don't know why it's in there like that. <laughs> do, you want, do you want another sequel, another film? Should we do a full... This will be a... Make it a full trilogy if yeah. she drops a third one, which I'm pretty sure they're going to do. Yeah. We'll into that later. And then we review it. We give it a rate. Here at Cafeteria Talk, 
We don't. We gotta. We gotta stop doing this, <clears throat> Kevin. Let me stop. I, I don't. I don't know. If Kevin's the one that does this. I think it's Chinua. They did pretty good. Kevin's. Kevin's messed up a couple times, but, but yeah, we're usually pretty good about it. Yeah, we don't do no point fives, no nothing. Something out of ten, either one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Or although, nine. although, 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 I will say, after having to, to review movies for brackets and B rolls, and doing stuff with Ty, like the point five does help because there are movies that fall into that that point five like you don't want to give it that eight yeah. but it definitely ain't no seven so you got to kind of put it in that middle so mm-hmm. I mean it's something that we could play with like the point five system because it's it's definitely getting harder as yeah, these movies get that. better so it's I mean you know hey we, we could come up with a, with a point it could be this movie could be the first one we give a point you know you never you never know but yeah but um, like I said we went through the whole the synopsis and all that so Visuals. I'll let you go ahead. Go ahead and go first on the visuals. What you think? With the visuals, man. Um, honestly, just watching the movie, kind of whole time I was watching the beginning of the movie and towards the middle, mm-hmm. I really was thinking about what Patty Jenkins was talking about back at DC Fandom early, which was literally not even a few months ago, which is crazy. Yeah, she, she was talking about all the costumes and all the fan acts. So. Was it really hard to go back and really figure out costume-wise for the movie? Of course, she laughed. No, because I grew up in the 80s, obviously. Yeah. And I can really see, like, the details. Like, one thing that really drew me to this movie was the extras. Like, all mm. I saw so many different, like, styles and everything. Yeah. This was a big time for, like, fashion. The 80s was a big time for fashion and everything back in mm-hmm. the day. So, you know, seeing all these different, like, these different types of, um, what's it called? Blazers that women were wearing, um, right. the low cuts and all that, all the crazy hairstyles, the stuff the band people, the rock stars, yeah. and all that. that was very cool. Um, man, and then those shots, like those, like opening scenes, like opening of a new scene, those long en- engaged shots of the whole area, was like it really did help bring out the story even better. Like mm-hmm. every other sh- boom. That long shots, especially that long pan um, with the Georgetown thing, I was really into that. I thought that was very cool. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, everything you said, I, I definitely agree with. One thing that jumped out to me was definitely the color. Um, yeah. It's because you remember the first movie, you know, it, it wasn't very colorful. It's still, the first movie also really kind of falls into that those first few DC movies. Yeah. You know, they were all dark. You know, you yeah. know they ain't turn they ain't really turn up the vibrant to the or the color up too much in those movies, but this movie, you know, and as DC's in the new trajectory, you know, since Shazam, you know, Harley Quinn, um, you know, the the movies are getting a lot more fun. So that means yeah. color, color's fun. So DC, not DC, Wonder Woman's 1984 was incredibly colorful, and you know, it was based in the 80s. It's factual. The 80s were colorful. I mean, like any think of any 80s movies, and you're gonna see tons of color, tons of. Uh, vibrant uh things going on and i just really like to see that like i like to see color back in these movies which is really cool yeah um you mentioned costuming absolutely amazing from the amazons to the 80s stuff it was absolutely amazing and i really loved that you mentioned dc fandom because i remember when patty jenkins was talking about costumes and she mentioned and i said this in our dc episode when she talked about how um the amazons you know they're not like you know prissy or anything like that but they're they're still women and they still you know want to look good while being powerful and while being functional and that's what the what you saw in those outfits that those amazon warriors were wearing like when the the um what were they doing 
they the at the Amazon Olympics that's what they kind of called it yeah um, when they were you know st- lined up and they did a pan of like their outfits they looked amazing um, they just looked incredibly powerful and like it was like honestly like incredibly beautiful like not even just like because they were beautiful women it's just that like the costumes were so well done and the attention to detail was amazing yeah. from Patty, Jen- Patty Jenkinson's part. And I did think it was interesting that they showed so many different varieties of what people were wearing in the 80s. Yeah. Like, like I remember watching Steve Trevor, you know, navigate through those rock band people. I thought that was really cool. And even his uh, changing monologue, not monologue, his changing uh, montage, yeah. he was changing the outfits with Diana. That was amazing. And the way he was reacting to, you know, those clothes. But we'll get into his reactions to stuff in a minute. But cinematography was amazing um they did a great job with that i patty jenkins you know killed it in the first movie so i i expected no less in this one um a lot of the wide shots and a lot of stuff in the sky was really good mm. um wasn't too much like cgi the only thing i had an issue with that i thought looked horrendous to me was cheetah and when she finally reached her final form as you know the cheetah and i was like it, it didn't look good because a it was in the dark um, so she really wasn't able to be seen. And B, it was like really patchy looking. Like she looked like um uh, a feral cat mm-hmm. more so than a cheetah. Yeah. And I was like, uh and they were like what well, the clothes to her face were cool, like the, the way they had the makeup kinda cascading onto her face. I thought it was really cool and the eyes were really cool, but it just like when it was just like still shots of her and she was moving a lot. So moving CGI, patchy looking, it just looked really, really bad. Um, that was my really only gripe with it. Um, and also Wonder Woman's, um, and interior suit was kind of bulky. I mean, we saw, we've been seeing it for months. They, they dropped it on like one of the first posters she had the, the suit on Fair and it was choice. definitely based off the suit, you know, in the comics, but it just looked very bulky. I thought, I, I think maybe it would have been, it would have been a cool, like nod to have her wear it once and then, you know, kind of one off and keep her in the regular suit. But, you know. Also, did you notice her suit was way colorful, way more colorful this this go around? Yeah, I thought was. that was really cool. Like it, it jumped out, especially when she um when she finally was letting everything go and like kind of healing up and getting back to herself. That was very cool. It's like she got more. It's like it popped out more when she was doing that big running through the city. I thought For that sure. was dope. And bro, whoever dresses Gal Gadot needs like a raise. <laughs> like Gal Gadot, yeah, every time she was on screen, she stepped. Like bro, could she could have wore jeans and a t shirt and still. Stabbed. Like, the most like, beautiful person on the street. Like, it just was amazing. And those... Bro, I still like such a girl, but, like, bro, them, them cheetah heels with that blue pant-like suit thing she had going. Whew! I mean, that's clean. just... Clean. Clean. Yeah. Cause look at the details. The details was the details. Detail. They was there. The details. So clean. Let's move into this story, man. So, basically, um, I, 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 I like the story. Um, one of the biggest points of contention since the first trailer came out was how in the hell did Steve Trevor make his way back into Diana's life after dying in the first film? Okay. Um, when I first watched it, I was real confused. I was like, what, how did this happen? But then, you know, after my second watch with you, it was, um, you know, due to Max Lord, you know, using the wishing stone to 
you know, not Max Lord using the wishing stone, but her using the wishing stone to wish for Steve Trevor to be back because she felt lonely. And you saw that in the beginning of the movie and how she was, you know, feeling lonely and everybody was booed up but her and she missed Trevor. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was really cool to bring him back in a in a way to kinda let her know that, you know, she doesn't have to be lonely. She can finally get closure. Which I thought was cool. Um Chris Pine being back in the films was amazing to me i was happy to see him what about you man well one the story i liked it a lot i like the whole premise behind it mm-hmm. um nothing too big it didn't even feel like that classic like we said we're kind of getting out of this classic he's a bad guy she's a bad guy mm-hmm. they're gonna fight like i feel like this movie kind of just away from that and that's what i like about these superhero movies but like you said, Chris Pine, bro, he definitely killed it. Um, he was my favorite in the. He was my favorite um from the first movie, and yeah. like he definitely stepped it up this time, this go around for sure. I'm basically coming back. Like I thought that was dope, and I just like how he was trying to get used to everything that was going on around him. For sure, one of the things um I will say, uh, kind of jumping coming around, but like one thing I did you know mention want to mention was that. I really liked how, um, oh, no, give it back. Give me my thought back, devil. Um, Oh, Chris Pine, Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. So in the in the synopsis, they they talked about the '80s being a time of excess, a time of wanting more, and it seems like these Wonder Woman movies. uh, Wonder Woman is facing not only you know the villain, of course, you know Ares, or in this one Cheetah and Max Lord, but the the nature of the true nature of man yeah. and why the Amazons, you know, split off from mankind. In the first movie, it was war, you know, and how man- mankind, you know, their need to be on top, their need to, to run everything, you know, to to be in power. And this one was about excess and man's need, not not just man, because it was, of course, women that were wishing for stuff, too. But, you know, society's need to have more to want more even like heard it when the president was talking and he was like you know maxwell what do you wish for and the president was like well more more missiles to be closer to our enemies for them to respect us and i was like wow so wonder woman battles literally the downfall of man which is really cool to me and that's how you know wonder woman that's she's still like even though she's been in man's world for at this point 20 20 some odd years um, she's still seeing like why the th- why Themyscira is hitting away, you know. So I thought that was really cool. But back to Chris Pine, yeah. um, one of the greatest like I and I like yelled this when I was watching it with my mom. I was like, "Yo, it's just like in the first movie because in the first movie, Wonder Woman was new to, to Man's World, and she was like a kid a kid in a candy store, and she was like, oh my god, wow, like ice cream, babies, like this is crazy.'" Chris Pine, who, you know, is in the... He was born way back when, way before World War One. So, and he was, like, middle-aged in World War One, And so, you know, he died. And then 20 years later, things have changed. And, like, seeing him, like, navigate and react to the things that were going on in the 80s was amazing. He played it off so well. Yeah, most definitely. That was... That was very good. I didn't even... I didn't even think about that... When I well obviously that was my first watch but I didn't really that didn't really piggyback to me that idea of I really was thinking of because honestly when it came to this movie some of the stuff I was hearing from people I'm like okay this is not that that cliche me too thing it might throw a jab at it but it's mainly not and I finally actually did see that oh there were like me too complaints some people was like really some, some people might think it might be me too but it's not just because of the classic when the guys 
when basically when the guys are trying to slut shame the women, the women aren't having it mainly Cheetah when Cheetah does what she does. Like how she's all powerful. Oh. She can basically defend herself from the man and all that. Didn't make sense from what those okay. people were. It was on Instagram or something. I gotta find it. But huh. I, I finally see that I, what, what, what some people were saying that it's really this, the issue of man. I really didn't, I, I really wasn't seeing that until, until like, until he actually got on the, in front of everybody with us. Like, I want all these screens on and let me speak and all that. It really wasn't. I really didn't really. It really didn't hit me until I saw. It. I was like, "Wow, mm-hmm. this is like, it, it. It doesn't even seem deep, but this is deep because this is something that all people once in their life do struggle with. This need to want more, to be more, to be better. Like Kobe said, <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah, more. Like we all, we all struggle with that, and that really didn't hit me until I saw that. Part. I was like, "Bruh." First of all, shout out to Pedro Pascal. He amazing. Mer- <laughs> Maxwell Lord. Maxwell uh, Lord. Oh my goodness, he played an amazing role. He's he's been balling out this year. Like he's yeah. um, he's supposed to be. I think next week our cartoon, our cartoon episode will drop. I whole could see him winning for actor of the year. I mean, boy, been balling out this year. He's been doing his thing. Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, this movie. Um, what else? He did something else. That he, was did, really he did something. The boy, uh, no, not the boys. He um, did something with um, he did, uh, he did the thing with the girl, the lava girl, girl. I forgot her name. Oh my god, I haven't finished watching it. Um, what's the name of it? Something with. Um, he did one other thing. I don't remember what it was, but he definitely bought out in this film. To, um, hey, one of the things I so when I first watched it, I was real confused because like at the beginning, I guess the way I heard it, he sounded American on when he was on TV. Yeah, and then he ended up being like. You know, European uh, when he when he first met Diana and uh, Cheetah, yeah. and then he had this Asian son, and I was like, "Bro, what is going on?" Yeah. Then when I watched when I watched it again, he sounded European, you know, on the TV at first, um, and then he was European for the whole movie. Still don't understand the Asian kid. You didn't even get to meet his mom, which hey could be intentional. Like she could be somebody in the DC universe that we've yet to you know meet yet but that's important you know that maybe that was a choice yeah but definitely something that you know i can definitely uh you know check out and watch so in terms of like the beginning of the movie what did you think in the beginning of the movie i was i was okay with it i liked how it kind of to me it just kind of it was like basic exposition you know mm-hmm. and and they didn't one the one thing i do hate about movies is when the exposition seems too long. You're just like, okay, bro, like, this is too much. But, like, I feel like this was paced really well. And it really kind of dove into, not necessarily Diana, mm. but Cheetah. Like, Cheetah yeah. was obviously one of the biggest parts of the movie. And I really liked how this kind of dug, the exposition kind of dug into her character more than Diana. Even though Diana's, obviously, is her movie's her main character. But I really like how it dug into Cheetah a lot more than Diana. And I thought that was really cool because, like, it just helped it set everything up better for why she just does what she does. Right. And all the stuff with the wishing stone. I thought that was cool. I will say, I felt Cheetah was a tad cliche. Um, more so because, like, we've kind of seen that trope. I mean, that's what a cliche is. We've kind of seen that trope, mm-hmm. you know, a little more than usual, especially in these movies. You know, you got yeah. the low life, you know, loser pretty much. Gets a little gets a little piece of power, fights the hero, figures out, oh, that's not what I want. And then movie's over. Um, biggest biggest um, comparison I can make is Electro from Spider-Man 2 uh, yeah. the amazing Spider-Man 2 yeah. that's definitely the vibes I got um, I mean she wasn't bad it just was like 
could we have done more? And I didn't like how she ended up not remaining to be the cheetah. But then again, like, because this movie is 1984, the villain has to be done away with in some way, I guess, because, Factuals. you know, BVS and all that stuff doesn't happen for another, uh, I'd say, 15, 20 years. Because at this point, and I kind of did, like, the mental math in my head. At this point, um, Bruce Wayne is should should be training on Nanda Parbat uh, with Ra's al Ghul or training or whatever he's doing. He's not quite Batman yet, but he's getting there. Yeah. Um, because he would have started being Batman, like, early 2000s, late 90s at the, at the earliest. So he's not quite Batman yet, but he's definitely training. Um, if it's Ben Affleck's Batman, of course. Yeah. Um, Henry Cavill is probably still on the farm or he's still living with his parents uh, on the farm probably in college um, and then Barry's probably not born Victor's probably not born yet and Shazam of course is not even a thought but yeah. Um, so yeah so like they have to do away with the villain but I did wish that we had got to keep Cheetah because Kristen Wiig did an amazing job with she her she did um, which when I, when, I, when I heard that casting I was like Kristen Wiig? okay like I recognized her from like the SNL skits and like I don't think I've seen any Christian Wig movies besides this I think was she in Bridesmaids? Bridesmaids, I think she was. I think she was in Bridesmaids. I think it's the only thing I've seen. And definitely willing to check out some more because she was really good. I just wish they had, you know, done a little bit more with their character because Cheetah is really cool. Um and honestly they didn't really need even turn her into a cheetah. Like the way she looked in that White House fight scene looked fine, but of course the movie would get castrated if she wasn't turned into the actual cheetah. Yeah, and that is true. Her becoming Cheetah really was kind of iffy to me because it was like, I I wish to be like Diana. So she was as strong as Diana because she got Diana's powers. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. But then she was like, I want to be an apex predator, which t- turned into, all right, she's going to be turned into like this feral cat looking thing. And I was like, uh, it was very bumpy. It was a very bumpy road for her to become the actual Cheetah. And also like, I, I like the movie for giving, you know, subtle hints to that she was going to be Cheetah. But it was like, it got to a point where it was like, bruh, you've already, it'd be one thing if they had never told us she was going to be Cheetah. And then I'd be like, oh, wait, what's all these little nods? And then, oh, she's the Cheetah. We knew she was going to be Cheetah. So, like, there were obvious <laughs> moments in the in the movie where it was like Facts. a nod that she was a Cheetah. Like, the Cheetah uh, heels that Diana was wearing. Yeah. Or when she walked into her office and then, like, they panned on that. Which wasn't even a Cheetah. It was like a cat. Yeah. Thing. Like, maybe it was like a lynx or something. And it was on there. And they panned on that for a minute with her in the in the foreground. I was like, I, I mean, we know she's the Cheetah. Like, this <laughs> is just this is just doing a little too much. Yeah, I But, <laughs> I mean, other than that, like, the in terms of the beginning of the film... Um, the the Olympics was amazing. I loved how oh, it's yeah. like the first movie where they really showed the strength of these women and what these women were capable of. Really cool. Um, really diverse group, which I really liked. A lot of a lot of black women, um, and other women like that. That was really cool. Um, and seeing Diana really nonchalantly like be a hero, which I felt was kind of cap, right? So like when she you know, did the stuff before she, before the mall scene when she had um, taken out, like, saved that that lady from getting hit by that car yeah. or saving that lady that fell off the road. Like, you couldn't see her. Like, she was moving so fast. She, she caught it. Like, you couldn't catch that. In the mall, hundreds of witnesses. Like, I mean, everybody saw that. She wasn't moving that fast. And I think there was an editing mistake. It could, I could be wrong, but I think there was an editing mistake because she's moving fast and any other time she's been moving, like, she's been going super speed 
uh, like in past movies, everything else has slowed down around her. Mm-hmm. Like when she kicked un- kicked that dude's legs from under her in the first movie, everything's moving slow. But in this movie, when she was moving fast, the people were still moving at normal speed. So I was like, wait, is she moving fast or is she just moving fast? Like it was really weird yeah, how they edited I know, I, that. Yeah, I, it was kind of weird to follow too. I enjoyed the little mall, the mall not even dodge. Just like some of the stuff, I was like, bro, like obviously it's a movie, so some people are just gonna be doing dumb things. But I'm like, bro, like really, like, fam, like just I don't. Uh, when she screamed "gun," I, I don't uh, know. Yeah, I felt like that, she was doing the absolute most. I that mean, was such a Karen type movie. But she went gun. <laughs> I was like, ma'am, right. I, I get it's a gun, ma'am, but like, like he didn't point it at you. Like it fell on the floor. It fell on the floor. Like, like literally, like, I've seen, like I've been in like the gym and I've seen guys like their little their side their side pieces fall on the ground. I'm not gonna scream, gun. Now if he started picked it up, pointed it pointed it up or something, I, then I start screaming. But nigga, she dropped it. She'd be alright. I'm saying. But um, I thought that was really a really good scene. Um. And like as we move into like the more middle of the film, the second act, um, them investigating Max Lord and being introduced to Max Lord, uh, really good. I thought you know they're really introducing more magical elements into it. You know, they still got the God thing going on. Mm-hmm. I wish we had gotten more of like the actual God, but factual. Um, because it sounded like it was a cool story, but seeing how that stone kind of worked and that you can make one wish. And then uh, that wish to be fulfilled, but it was like a monkey's paw. I'm glad she mentioned that. It's like it takes more. It takes more as you. The more you give it, the more it gives. The more it takes. Fascist. So I thought that was really cool to see. You know, just the the consequences of using a power like that. And Maxwell Lord's was it was a detrimental to his health, and um, he kept having to get people to pretty much give him their wishes, and then. Um, you know, he would, you know, pr- proceed from there. And I really liked that Max- Maxwell Lord wasn't necessarily, like, a bad guy. Yeah. He just was, like, a loser, made some mistakes, and then, you know, saw the air of his ways by the end of the film. Um, Facts. Like, yeah, that was true. Because, like, in the first movie, like, the bad guys were bad guys. Like, they were warmongering, crazy Nazis. Like, they they, they were bad. Maxwell Lord just, you know, kind of wanted to just, you know, make his way in the world after being a loser for so long. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it was sad, but it was like, yeah, bro, you're a loser. It, but his son didn't think he was a loser, and, you know, that was cool. So what did you think, kind of, like, of the middle of the film, the Egypt stuff, the the Egypt fight? How, how, how sick was that? Man, now that was sick. Talk about, um... Man, talk about a set, a set for that. Like, when I was watching it, I was just thinking, like, wow, like, I know... First of all, I know it took a good amount of time to film that in yeah. all the different pants. And then, like, just how, like, how we saw, like, because honestly, in the first film, Diana wasn't really, psh, Diana was giving it to them. <laughs> oh, my God. But, and it's, like, when we finally get that Egypt scene and all mm. those fights, bro, Diana was really get, taking hits. Obviously, this is due to, you know, the stone and all the stone. See, and all the, I didn't get that, though, because... It's not like Kristen, the cheetah, cheetah didn't like wish. I wish I had Diana's powers because when she made the wish, she didn't know Diana was Wonder Woman. Yeah, she just was like, I wish to be powerful, like like Diana. Wish to be strong, sexy, like Diana. Mm-hmm. She didn't say I wish I I had Diana's powers. I wish Diana would lose her power. So I didn't really understand why Diana was losing her powers. Yeah, that didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, that was just trying to call off the narrative of it. It. it 
once you give it something, it'll take something away. So I guess it'll sort of yeah. take everything away. I mean, it could have been dwelt a lot more, but like, I just thought it was kind of cool because we started to kind of see Diana. Like, when you really see those superheroes, well, it's really good when they show the superheroes getting into those weak spots and all yeah. that. Yeah, it then, definitely helped because not only because these characters, and I think they had, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I think they kind of had to do that because we all know the DC characters, especially in this universe, are crazy OP. Yeah. I mean, we you got to think, the last time we saw Wonder Woman, she was like going head up with Superman. Yeah. And Superman, dumb OP. And Superman is Superman. Yeah, like, yeah. You ain't, ain't too many people like taking a, a bump Superman and, and living mm. to tell about it. So, nah. like, I kind of feel like they kind of had to because these characters are kind of um, more grounded. Cheetah, of course, who is just about as strong as Wonder Woman because she wished for her powers, still is not going head help with the, with the OP Wonder Woman. So, like, I feel like they kind of had to do that. So, it kind of makes sense. Still kind of cap, but... I, I get it. So yeah, and Maxwell Lord, of course, has no powers. You know, he really the only major you know fight he had was with Steve Trevor, who was also another human. They just fought in the White House scene. That was kind of cool. That, that was, was pretty funny. Yeah, them two going at it. That was pretty funny. I, I could honestly, bro, Steve, bro, Steve Trevor. I'm sorry, just the way, bro, his punches are so cliche, but it's so cool to see that long. He get it. Mm. Yeah, it was. I, I, he he did that a couple times. I was like, damn, he be coming. He be coming back from the Kingdom Con. And you know, pow. you he feel it. He boom. Yeah, he, he be in there. He be like, ah, that hurt. Ah. That hurt. I love seeing that. Anytime. But oh man, and like in the same scene, like when they're on the way to Egypt and they have to steal the plane. That was an amazing scene. Like once again, Chris Pine's acting really sold that scene for me. Seeing him react to to flying again and his yeah. love for flight and. Diana turning the jet into turn, turning the jet invisible, invisible. That was, was cool. really cool. I will say I didn't know she had that ability to. T- I, I just I didn't even, I never knew the origins of the invisible jet, but yeah. I mean I was I, I will was say it was pretty cool. I mean they like even believe it or not Superman can turn invisible. Mm. Um, so like it's not I'm sure somewhere in some comic in some you know but fuck part of history. I'm sure that Wonder Woman has turned stuff invisible and stuff like that. I mean, there's, these heroes have done so much in these last almost 100 years at this point. So I'm not going to be here and sit here and be like, oh, that's Cab. Wonder Woman can't do that. Because I'm sure she's probably done it somewhere Facts. sometime. And it was cool. Um, it was cool to see. It reminded me of um, The Incredibles when Violet had to put the force field around the plane. Yeah. And she was like, ah, I can't do it. Ah. And then she finally did it and got it over the whole plane. That's what it reminded me of. I thought that was really cool. And that, that line, that throwaway line where she was like, um, I've only done it once. It was up with the coffee mug. I lost the coffee mug. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ah, that's funny. You lost the... Ah. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> was funny. Really, really good. Uh, I thought the fight was really good. One thing that I'm liking about these Wonder Woman films in terms of like the combat scenes, they're, they're for the most part pretty clean. Yeah. Um, barring that that last fight with... Um, they Her issues with combat fights usually come right around the end. Mm-hmm. That major fight. Because they both been in the dark... And they're both heavily relying on CGI, and they both just don't do. I don't know why we can't fight during the day when you can see, because mm. I feel like it'd just be so much easier to to see things going on. But you know, other than like the the more mid level, the middle fight scene, the more mid level fight scenes, those are pretty clean. Like the mall stuff, the stuff they did in Egypt, and notice how both of those shots were during the day. Yeah. So like I, I don't know, Patty Jenkins. I think maybe you should try to get a final battle scene that's maybe during the day and stuff like that. But with that, I mean, 
who's next? Like for if we did it, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're not yeah. implications yet. But um, so the ending of the film, what you think? The ending, honestly, um, I really loved how the ending just kind of really kind of was unmasking the. I kind of like the idea of it kind of unmasking issues in the world, like you said mm. with men. Like I really liked how she was showing, um, showing Maxwell Lord like his stuff and his traumas and all that. I really like that because like yeah. that's that's one thing that honestly that we all went through this year. Right. No cap watching that part made me just think how crazy 2020 was. Like mm. all of us have everything was come everything was getting unmasked. Everything in the world was we were all finding out about all the shit that's going on in the world because we were all locked inside the house. So I thought that right. was it kind of, when I watched that, I kind of thought about that. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is literally like what all of us have been having to see, the stuff going on in the world, all the issues with all of us. I really like seeing that, and that was very cool. Um, now, granted, the fight with Sheeta, uh, honestly, yeah. they they showed a few of those clips at, at DC Fandom, honestly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, like, um, I think... I tried to avoid trailers and clips as much as I could. It was hard, because so. they was just dropping them everywhere. I'm like, like yeah. with the Batman, I'm like... That was the only one I was there for because they barely they haven't shot anything. Yeah. So I was okay with that trailer, but like I was just like, uh. yeah. So most most trailers now I'm watching it one time and then if I catch a TV spot, the the few times I watch TV, sure. But I really try to avoid trailers, especially because yeah. Netflix has ruined me Netflix, in terms of trailers. Netflix really the whoever makes trailers for Netflix just needs to get fired. That bro, Netflix intentionally wants to show you the movie. Alright, and yeah, so I just wanted to say that freak and going back into it. Yeah, Netflix really has just ruined trailers for me because it's just like they'll put the entire movie in three minutes. Not even commented one time on like an Instagram page. Like they had they had dropped the movie and like it seemed very interesting. Like I was like, oh okay, this seems cool. I saw, I saw the cast, thought it was pretty cool. I wish I could tell you what it was. I don't remember what the movie was. But then I had watched the trailer and I was like, man, Netflix. I was like really excited to see this movie. Now I don't have to because you put the, the whole thing in three minutes. So uh, there's something that they definitely need to work on because Netflix will put the whole thing. In. But then again, with the Netflix movie, you don't get months and months of promotional work. Like you literally are probably gonna get that trailer watched one time and then. It streams and then it can go fall into the rabbit hole that is Netflix original movies and film and movies and TV. So yeah. I get it. Like you kind of have to garner all the hype for your movie in three minutes, and that's about it. But like you can't put the beginning, middle, and end of the movie because really a Netflix trailer. You really could take a Netflix trailer, just watch the thirty first thirty seconds, and then you got the movie. Don't go. Don't go any farther. No, it wasn't even a Netflix movie. It was the new Jaden Smith movie for Hulu. I think. I think it's Hulu. One of these strange, you get so many at this point, but he was starring in a movie with Cara Delevingne um, that he's going to be doing. And I was like really excited. It was Amazon, I think it was. And yeah. I was like, um, oh, I'll check this out. And then three minutes later, I was like, oh, I don't need to. I know what happens. So, <laughs> okay. Like literally, like it's about him and this girl they meet, ends up the girl has cancer and he's like, wants to make her final days or whatever. And then like, I think she dies like literally I think she dies in the trailer and I'm like alright so I just got the whole hour 90 minutes and 3 minutes save me some time bet but yeah. uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about before that but um, yeah I just 
felt that the end of the movie was pretty it was pretty good um i really liked seeing how everybody was like renouncing their wish and people were wishing for crazy stuff but they like once diana you know revealed that she was talking to the media which okay i'm glad that that's like that was the, the revelation because i didn't catch it at first yeah. when she was talking to max i was like hey how can he hear you like i was thinking about the shazam scene the whole time where he's like where they're talking to each other and they're like 100 feet from each other and he's like what and the guy's going this evil monologue of Savanya and Shazam's mm-hmm. like what are you saying like I was waiting for that to happen in one of them because I'm like bro I know Max Max is one screaming and then two like all this noise how can Max hear you and then it's revealed that she's talking to the camera to all the people um I thought that was really cool and let and her telling him like it's all about the truth and that was the thing about this movie this movie was about the truth even the beginning of the movie where she cheated to win the to win the olympics or tried to cheat but mm. uh my girl uh robin wright's entire stopped her from doing that from doing that mm. um it was about the truth and she was like be honest with yourself be honest with each other and that's what people were like i'm renouncing my wish i'm renouncing my wish which i thought was really cool um the ending with her leaving Trevor was also very cathartic for me because, you you know, at the end of one, she didn't get to talk to Trevor. Like, she couldn't hear him because she had just got exploded by Aries and she couldn't hear. And so um, she didn't hear Trevor saying, well, she could have more time and stuff like that. But then in this movie, she got to, like, really say goodbye to Trevor, really got that closure. Like, I love you and I'll never love again. And I thought that was amazing. Uh, great work and letting her get that closure. Yeah, that um, was a very good scene. Right, but in terms of that, like, the ending, um, like, of the whole movie with, you know, her, like, in that Christmas setting, which I thought was really cool because it came out on Christmas and they had a little Christmas setting. I thought that was fun. Um, her talking to that guy. So, like, Steve Trevor, which I don't understand why this happened that way. I don't know, like, because, A, we didn't even hear Diana verbally wish for Steve Trevor to come back but it was yeah. really it was basically implied the way she looked the way she I wished and stuff like like it was really implied so like that wasn't the issue but why Steve Trevor came back as like a a random bachelor that everybody else could see as a random bachelor but she saw as Chris Pine was weird I didn't understand why like it went down like that like mm, yeah and like even on second watch I'm still like what was the reason for that choice? But then at the end of the movie, we see the bachelor and he's no longer Chris Pine. He's just the regular bachelor. Um, I I was like, uh, okay. But I did like they didn't end up getting together. Like she just was like, yeah, I'm, I'm Diana. Cool. Yeah. I'll see you around. Like we'll probably never see him again. Cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and also, Patty Jenkins, shout out to the nod for having Gal Gadot's husband and daughter in the final shots of the film. I thought that was really, really cool. Like, yeah, I, I caught it cool. immediately. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I recognize him. Um, so, really cool. And just the final line, so many things, so, so many things really um, bolstered what this film really was about. So, I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. So, let's get into these implications, man. What do, what do you think? What are you left with? Any questions? A third film, you mentioned Trilogy. Man, well, I'd, first of all, if I don't get a third film, I'll be highly upset because, I, lo- I mean, I like what Patty Jenkins does. Like, I like people that, like, when it comes to when you make movies, you don't try to just do them to either follow some type of trend or do them because such and such. No, you do it because you want to do it and you have a passion for this. And I really mm-hmm. find passion in Patty Jenkins' movies. Like, right. 
especially the way she, when she goes, the way she talks about her work is mm-hmm. very inspiring. It inspires me a lot. So anytime I actually try to sit down, I was like, I'm going to go make this video. I'm going to write this up, this little short film. I'm really thinking, okay, am I trying to do this for some clout? Or is if it's for clout, then that can be saved for never, yeah, never yeah, time, yeah. honestly. So if I really am not finding passion in writing this, then I should just stop writing it because I'm going to be literally wasting my time. Mm. Me, myself, and I's time. And I really like how Patty Jenkins, like the passion. I really want this third film because like, I feel like this could, I see the growth. Like we see Diana in the first movie really stepping into the, she already is Wonder Woman, but she's getting exposed to the world. And now she's been in the world. Mm-hmm. And now she's not only not only was she teaching people how to be a better person, but she's also still she's battled. She find I think she finally battled with her issues of, of with her demons of obviously mm. with never saying goodbye to Trevor. Right. And now that she's this a third film, I don't even know where they could go with this, but I feel like she's there's so much more you can go into because it's right. like she's gotten rid of her demons and all this stuff. And obviously, it's like a big, we don't know. It's a big, like, for the fans, we don't know where they can go because it's, you can. Which is, brings me into my applications. My, I, would, I, hate, to say, I hate to make this a gripe, but um, I, I was looking for. I fell under what I, I don't even want to call it that, but like a Marvel esque type curse. Like I'm looking the most of the movie, especially the second watch, I was looking for connections to the greater story, you know? Yeah. Like the greater infinity saga, you feel me? So I'm like, what where, where where are we going with this? And DC seems to be on a trajectory that like pretty much ever since Suicide Squad, all the movies seem to be separate but equal. You know, like they're they're in there. They're, they're self-contained. They're all connected. All those characters could one day meet at some point. But they're all pretty much self. Every story and everything is. There's nothing really connecting them. Yeah. Um. There's no overarching dark side. No overarching brainiac. There's just like, they're all kind of separate while they're kind of catching their bearings on what they want to take the story. So there was really there was almost no like indication of what this does for the greater universe. And also this also could be because Wonder Woman. 1984 is not based in the present day. Yeah. So, um, that you definitely get a kind of a pass for that. But, um, yeah, I just wish there was a little bit more connection to the, to the, to the greater universe, but there were like little nods that I kind of caught. Like I did catch, there was a book on Diana's bookshelf called the, um, the something of the gorilla. And I thought that was like a, a quick nod to gorilla grod. Um, mm. was famous Flash uh, Flash villain um, so I thought that was really cool but it was just little stuff like that I wish they had kind of kind of leaned in more in, more into that but even the first Wonder Woman really didn't connect to the overall story but like I said that one's based on World War One. none of the Justice League or anybody has been born yet so uh, Aquaman could have been but I don't know it depends on how they do that but yeah um, yeah it, I just wish there was a little bit more of that but in terms of like a third movie, like I definitely would be down for a third Wonder Woman movie. I think it's definitely time for them to bring her into the present day. Um, I think these movies could run the risk of becoming repetitive. You know, I don't want I don't think a third movie with, you know, a beginning scene with her off the mascara and then her back in man's world, both dealing with another issue that plagues man man's world could be greed, could be this would kind of dealt with greed, but this could be, you know, 
who who knows? But mm-hmm. just another issue of man's world. Uh, I don't really want to see her delve into that, but you know, so far the way she's been doing it, it's been very good. So it could they could do it again, and if they do it well, I'm not gonna have any issues. Yeah. Um, and then in a movie like that, you could see how they could you know connect to the greater universe of DC Comics of the worlds of DC. Um, I think we'll get the next time we'll see Wonder Woman will be in 2022 um, in the Flash film where she'll be a uh, part of the Flashpoint story. And if they're following the, the comic, at least, she'd be an integral part in the war between Atlantis and Themyscira. She'd be the queen of Themyscira, yeah. and she would face off against Jason Momoa's Aquaman mm-hmm. um, in a battle for the world, which would be magnifique. Like, that... You know, I wish y'all understood how sick that's going to look. Um, so, yeah. it there's definitely possibilities there. I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, any any que- I don't really have any questions. I wish we had got to keep the villains, uh, Max Lord and Cheetah, but because one woman, she has a Rhodes Gallery, but it's not famous. I think like the most mm. famous villains she's got are Ares, um, Cheetah, uh, Giganta, um, who would be cool to see live action? Cersei would be really cool. Yeah, uh, Doctor Cyber, uh, who we've seen in the Harley Quinn show, who's incredibly funny. Um, so just, just like, there's a lot of ways you could go, but definitely trying to see what I'm definitely see what excited to see what Patty Jenkins does with the next one because I'm sure she'll be in charge of the next uh, film. Um, but yeah. she's got her hands kind of full right now. She got a Star Wars film coming out in 2022, Rogue Squadron. Yeah, that they, they just announced uh, last month. So. That should be interesting. We shall see. But let's go ahead and, and rate this guy. Um, what do you What do you get out of ten? What you, What you What you think? Oh, first watch. I know this is your first watch. My second, so we'll have to see. And my first watch, I'm gonna get this a solid. I'm gonna give this a solid eight. Only just due okay. to one, like the visuals, the story itself, and the meaning behind it really did, really did like connect well not connect to me but I really did enjoy it so I'm gonna definitely give it an 8 yeah it was definitely some wrinkles in there big ones just the whole thing the whole thing with the with the stone some of the Mm. stuff felt kind of cap especially the stuff with Cheetah that you mentioned yeah definitely understand but yeah the whole movie itself kind of flowed perfectly everything didn't seem rushed kind of just moved at it's correct pace it was a lot more colorful which I really Mm. liked better than the first one and yeah like I was all for it and definitely ready for a third movie. <laughs> um, I'm a ride at about a seven point five. So there it is, folks. We are moving into the points. I'm giving the film a seven point four. Well, I'm giving it a seven, but you know, between us it's a seven point five. So, um I'm giving it a seven. Uh, everything you said, um, I think that in terms of one wonder woman movie, superhero movie, very good. Um I do think we could have did a little better um, in terms of tightening up that narrative just a tad. Mm. The, the, the the CGI cheetah was just really bad to me. Um, and, and those connections to the overarching universe would have been a little bit better because it just really felt more self-contained than any superhero movie we've gotten in a minute. Like, like one thing I'm seeing about the DC movies, the most recent ones at least, is that not that even though they don't connect to the greater universe, there's so many threads that are woven into them, mm-hmm. and like where you can go with it. Like I look at Birds of Prey, and there's so many places you can go with Birds of Prey. I mean, you open up 
Star City with um, Black Canary, even though she's from Gotham, you know, you know she eventually could meet Green Arrow and his whole thing. You know, you got um, the Bertinelli's and you open up, really could open up a can of worms with the crime, the under, the, the huge underground crime of Gotham. Um, Harley Quinn and, and, her, and her thing. And just so many threads that can be woven into all these films and you can see the threads Gorilla Grodd in this movie and, and I'm sure other threads that we can see I'll wait for the new Rockstars video talking about all the easter eggs in this movie yes but they they kill the easter eggs they kill it love it um, but yeah I'm gonna rock about a 7 so between your score and my score the table score for Wonder Woman 1984 is a 7.5 out of 10 and honestly like that's pretty on par with what people have been saying about uh, Wonder Woman 84 uh, let me read you the Rotten Tomatoes, the IMDb score is a 6.4 out of 10. The Rotten Tomatoes is a 68, and the Metacritic is a 59. Like, I understand. Like, I get all those scores. Like, honestly, could I agree? I, I could say I, I, for the most part, agree with that. I, like, I have to read why they gave them what they gave them. But right, or, like, I feel like where we have it is right around there. And, and yeah, it was it was about there. Um, but one thing I do want to ask right before we wrap it up um as we do know the last last month hbo max hbo warner brothers sorry warner brothers announced that they're going to be dropping uh all their movies in the year 21 in theaters and on hbo max um on the same exact day and so what did you think about that because we both watched on hbo max we haven't been to the theater to see it yet yeah um so what was your thoughts on that like did you did you could you see yourself like seeing watching more movies like this? Um, is this could could you say in coming years we've could have watched our last movie in theaters? Like, what was your thoughts seeing a brand new movie on HBO Max in at your home? Man, it was very. It really did. I, it's cliche. It felt life changing because like mm. I ain't gonna lie. It it did just feel like dang because like when you go watch one of the tough things is when you actually go watch a movie at the movie theaters, hearing the other people's reactions to things mm-hmm. and all that, that did take out the luster a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, it was cool. It was actually really cool. Um, I didn't really have an issue with it because, you know, I'm I'm there to watch a movie just to watch right. it and have a lot of good time. But, you know, it did feel like... I mean, and the whole thing with the Warner Brothers deal, I get it. Like, like, bro, like, you know, one thing, no one thing in the entertainment industry, you got to entertain, but no one thing, bro, the people hit it, we making money. Yeah. We, we need, and Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers is connected with Warner Media, and Warner Media, they, Warner Media, they are connected to so many things outside of DC, all this good stuff, so they're all about making that money. And, right. And a lot of the things that Warner Media has been working with lately hasn't, the biggest thing they've been dealing with is HBO Max, so obviously they're like, we really this is the key for us really making money. Right. And so and if DC and Warner Bros. wants to do all this stuff, why don't we just help them? Now obviously this is not really affecting them. This is affecting all these movie theater jobs and all these movie yeah. the, obviously all that. So you know, but And I mean of course you got the looming pandemic and Yeah, and the looming still pandemic is still to make sure it's safe. So people are trying to they're trying to make money. They're trying to and they don't want to hold back. And obviously, Warner Bros. looking at another thing. They're looking at Marvel like, <laughs> yeah, what's what's going on with? Like, hold on. So wait, you trying to? So you still finna drop your movies in theaters, and people still gonna go out and watch that? Oh no, hey bro, why don't we do this? Why don't we just? I, I like the idea because it really is gonna bring on the competition, and that's why I was so surprised when Kevin Feige's like, no, nah, we are gonna keep Black Widow on theater. 
what? Like it's yeah. I don't know why. I, I like I get the Marvel name will garner a lot of seats, but I just think like how long can you prolong the release of a movie? Like like could because especially Black Widow, a movie that we kind of already have an idea that like you have this is for a character that's already dead. So like it'd be one thing if it was a new character or something like that. Okay, cool. Like a Shang Chi, prolong that for as long as you want, but. Oh, people won't, bro. But Black Widow, like, she's already dead. Like, you really and just... plus, people, like, and that's the people, they really did want this movie. But right. now, it's been, like, it's literally been a year. So, people are like... Like, how long can we wait? Like, you know? Nigga. Right. <laughs> it's... But you know how Mar- They gotta keep... That's the issue with Marvel. You mentioned it, bro. How long can you get going with this... Everything's connected. everything's connected. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. Yeah. Everything's connected. Cause I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure this has some tie-ins with the Winter Soldier and the Falcon Winter Soldier stuff. And I think uh, even even Loki it has some connections to it. And but I, I mentioned it kind of a little bit in our uh, what was it our D twenty three episode where we t- talked about all the Investor Day stuff. I mean, is it dep- they could either go this connection with all the different shows and the movies that they have come out in the next couple of years. Could go really well. Or it can get really confusing and really muddled, and be like, "What the hell is going on?" I just have we'll just have to wait and see. But in terms of this, this whole HBO Max deal, um, the best way to describe it, it's a double edged sword for sure. Mm. Because one thing that you definitely don't get is that when you go to a movie theater, you're basically, on, in, in a sense, forced to pay attention to what's on screen. Yeah, you got this giant 60, 70 foot screen. Um, you got you know, dark room, you're in a chair, you're facing the screen, like you're kind of forced to be in the moment in the screen. At at your house, uh, especially in my house where you live with 10 people, you got everybody talking and crying babies and people yeah. asking questions, talking, you miss stuff. I just, which while I caught some other things that I may have missed or didn't catch watching it with you and a couple other people than I did watching it in my house. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely like one of those things where I was like, uh, and I was telling my mom, like, like, because the baby started crying. And I was like, man, okay, obviously, because I made a statement. I was like, man, 2025, with this deal, 2025, I think we may have seen our last movie in theaters. Everybody will just stream from home. But then I was like, nah, you know what? I'm taking that back because, you know, you're crying babies. I ain't doing it no more. I'm watching my movies in theaters. But then I was like, but wait, I missed something. I can pause it, go back, watch it again. So... Like, so stuff like that. Like, you can't, like, if I got to use the bathroom in a two and a half hour movie, pause, I can go use the bathroom in a yeah. brand new movie. And, and my dad was marveling at the fact, because he grew up in the time, yeah, you watch it in theaters, you didn't get to see it. We, so did we. You watched it in theaters, you didn't get to see it again for another three months be, until the movie came out. Now, mm-hmm. we can go watch one of them right after we record this again. We can watch it tomorrow. We can watch it for as long as we want, as long as we have an HBO Max account. Yeah. Um. So, I, I that's pretty cool, but... It's just going to be... It depends on... Like, for smaller movies, I think they can definitely just go ahead and be like, all right, we're going to drop this directly to streaming, direct to streaming, uh, maybe hike up the price of HBO Max for a premium access like Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but for your bigger releases, like maybe your DC movies or your Christopher Nolan movies, I don't, that's definitely not... Uh, is that Warner Brothers? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think he's under there. Yeah, no, that's no Universal is in the Fast and Furious movies. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think of all the big movies coming out in 2021 that got pushed back because of this year. Um, I, I don't know them all, but yeah, like stuff, the bigger stuff, definitely those. The stuff you know that's going to get people in the seats, but your little, your rom-coms, your, 
you know, buddy cop movies that you don't think will garner the biggest return on your investment, throw those right on HBO Max. Cool. Because um, they'll watch them. For sure. They'll definitely watch them. They just, you know, because, you know, you definitely got your movies that, like, are good, but you're not going to waste a trip to the movie theaters to go see it. Like, usually, I'll go for, like, there are people, like, Ty will go out and, and watch any and everything in the movie theaters, but some of us just don't have, like, the time for that. Well, we'll go see our big releases, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars, your Fast and Furious, stuff like that, and your, your favorite franchises, you go check those out, but your MCU movies, but, you know, your little stuff, you might just want to stream, like, Hobbs and Shaw, like, for example, like, that came out a couple years ago. I may not have gone to see that in theater. I mean, if that had this deal been going on then, I probably would have just streamed it on HBO Max. To call oh, it yeah. So, I wish I didn't watch that in theaters. It was, <sighs> that movie's just... That's one of the ones... That, that's on the list of, like, watch it one time. Do not revisit it. Like, just... I rewatched it recently and was like, bruh, this, this narrative... How? It don't make no sense. The Rock is super, superhuman... Or seemingly supposed to be Superman, it, but that's another episode for another day. Black Superman, the Black yeah. Superman. Bruce was fine though. He was fine. Honestly, he's the reason why I even watched that movie. Bro, really man. good. He, yeah, yeah. But there it is, guys. There is our Wonder Woman review. Um, remember, we gave it a seven point five. What did you give Wonder Woman today for? What did you think of the movie? Thank you guys for listening, man. Uh, we miss Kid Kevin Slick, not Slick, Kid Kevin, DJ Noah. You'll definitely hear them on uh, next week's Carton episode. We love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Uh, real quick, let me plug plug the new show. You can check out Brackets and B-Rolls um, on Instagram at Brackets underscore B-Rolls, B-R-A-C-K-E-T-S underscore B-R-O-L-L-S. You can catch us on Twitter at Brackets underscore B-Rolls, same, um, same spelling, B-R-A-C-K-E-T-S underscore B-R-O-L-L-S. Check them out. Um, you can catch me on Instagram at Quattro IV with the period between the what C A U C U A T R O dot I V. Catch me on Twitter at Red Kool Aid three one seven. Slick Rob, where can I find you? You already know Instagram Slick without the C underscore Rob two Bs underscore on Instagram and Robert E W one one six on Twitter. We love you guys, man. Um, it's January now. It's Happy New Year. Hopefully, twenty twenty one is you know better than 2020 because that year was crazy we love you guys be easy and uh tell the truth come to your talk, talk. 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 talk.